0: as we get started today. And uh, so we're going to just, just read silently with me this morning. I'll read the verses today. We're going to begin verse 36 and read down to verse 13 uh, here in this chapter. And so follow along with me. And some days after Paul said unto Barnabas, Let us go again and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they do. And Barnabas determined to take with them John, whose surname was Mark. But Paul thought not good to take him with them, who departed from them from Pamphylia, and went not with them to the work. And the contention was so sharp between them that they departed asunder one from the other. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed into Cyprus. And Paul chose Silas and departed being recommended by the brethren unto the grace of God. And he went through Syria and Cilicia, confirming the churches. In chapter 16, begins, Then came he to Derbe and Lystra, and behold a certain disciple whose name, who was there named Timotheus, uh, the son of a certain woman, which was a Jewess and believed, but his father was a Greek, which was well reported of by the brethren, That were at Lystra and Iconium, him would Paul have to go forth with him and took and circumcised him because of the Jews which were in those quarters, for they knew all that his father was a Greek. And as they went through the cities, they delivered them the decrees for to keep that were ordained of the apostles and elders which were at Jerusalem. And so were the churches established in the faith and increased in number daily. Now when they had gone throughout Phrygia and the region of Galatia and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia, after they were come to Mycenae, they essayed to go to Bithynia. But the Spirit suffered them not, and they passing by Mysia, came down to Troas. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. And after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. Therefore, loosing them from Troas, we came with a straight course to Samothrachia and the next day to Neapolis. And from thence to Philippi, which is the chief city of that part of Macedonia, in a colony. And we were in that city abiding certain days. And on the Sabbath... We went out of the city by a riverside where prayer was wont to be made. And we sat down and spake unto the women which resorted hither. Now, tonight, we're going to be looking at the rest of this chapter as a part two of this message. But this, is, this morning kicks us off here in this chapter. And I want to preach to you this today on the subject of of opening and closing doors. Open and close doors today. And I pray that God would help us to recognize His hand in our life. So Father, we come to You now, and uh, Lord, we, we're praying for this part of our service. We understand the importance and value that You place upon preaching. It's how You manifest Your Word as Paul was inspired to teach Titus. And I pray this morning that you'll use the preaching. To minister to your people. Lord, if there's one that doesn't know Christ today. Lord, I've prayed for them this morning. That they would close the door on their, on their sin. And their history, Lord, of being away from you. And decide today to walk through the door. That is Jesus Christ. And to begin a new life with Him. Please work in our midst today. We pray this in the power and the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. I remember years ago reading of an account of a missionary. Um, this This happened about 20 years ago. He was a missionary in Africa. And he was scheduled to preach in one village in the morning. And he had an appointment to preach in another village and minister that was several hours away that afternoon. And there would be a number of people at both meetings. And so he... He finished up his first service in the morning and he and a group of men uh, hopped into the vehicle and they began their long journey to where they needed to go. And as, as the Collins family will tell you, the roads are not always, they're not American roads, are they? They're not always smooth and it takes quite a time to get where you're going. Well, about halfway in the journey... Their car broke down and, you know, at that time there was no communication such as cell phone or I'm just going to get on my iPhone and let them know I'm going to be late. This is a problem. It was very frustrating. He knew he needed to be there and they worked on the vehicle for a little time and it wasn't going to get fixed and someone offered them their vehicle to get them the rest of the way. And so they accepted it. The only problem was it was a very tiny vehicle. And so, in the warm climate, you can imagine all of these men gathering together after they have been out working on this vehicle, have gathered together in this tiny car. All of them have been perspiring. And you know what that leads to, right? A bunch of stinky men cramped up in a tiny vehicle. And he began to get frustrated. And to tell you the truth, he got a little ill and told God about it. Why? Why did this happen? You know, Just like we all do, why does this happen? As if nobody's car ever breaks down. Everybody's car breaks down, right? And it never happens at the opportune time, never. As if there's ever a good time. But he's very frustrated and he's going to be, at this point, he's going to be a couple hours late. And he's thinking, I don't even know where I'm going. They're not even going to be there. But he continued on. And to his surprise, when he finally rolled into the village and all of them fell out of the car, they were greeted with thankfulness, with joy in people's hearts. Because the preacher and his team made it to where they were. Well, that's a great welcoming. But then they began to tell him why. You see, they had heard that there were some bandits on the highway looking for that preacher. And they knew what car that he was in and were waiting for that vehicle to pass by and when he came by they were going to take care of that preacher but glory to god he made it and he suddenly turned around and he hugged that car and he thanked god all of us we're in our we go through life and we get we have frustrations And we think, why is this happening? We're walking through doors that suddenly close, or we want doors to open that we keep pushing and pushing and pushing on and simply will not budge, and we get upset with God, and we get upset with others, and we just don't understand, why is this happening? What is God doing in my life? What is going on? And that is something that we all face. You don't have to be the Apostle Paul or some great individual that God has mentioned through His inspiration in the Word of God. Closed doors and open doors are things that we pray about, things that we seek, things that we want to know the answer to quite often in life. And as I tell you that Example of that missionary, God can take very difficult and challenging circumstances that we think are incredibly awful and the end of everything and at some point cause us to look back and say, man, I'm thankful God knew what he was doing. He takes something that was very, at times, heart-wrenching, difficult, challenging, upsetting, and he turns around and he makes them beautiful. Well, I'm just going to tell you the object of my message this morning is this, is that that God would use his word to help us to learn how to listen and allow the Holy Spirit to direct our every step. We live in the great nation of America, and we are taught as children, and it continues through our life. We have things to do, and we got to be doing them in a hurry. We want everything instantly. We want our fast food immediately. We want to we hit this cl- the one-click button, and it's here in two days. And we're upset about Amazon Prime right now because it takes five days. All of these things, we want it immediately. We are seeking instant gratification. And we need to learn sometimes to slow down and and listen and observe and pray and watch what God is doing in our life and how he is directing things. And then secondly, I I want to create an awareness that despite setbacks, or we might call them closed doors, God still has a plan for our life that could be more beautiful than ever before. And then thirdly, that we won't be afraid to walk through new doors. Because none of us, we get bored with routine, but none of us won't change. We, we get tired of being in a rut in the same old, same old. We don't like it, but if change is introduced, we sure don't like that either. I don't want us to be afraid when God opens a new door for us to walk through if He's the one leading us through it. As we've studied the book of Acts we have witnessed that God has used persecution of the church to motivate believers to leave Jerusalem, to get out of their comfort zone, and to carry the gospel elsewhere. Eventually it reached Antioch, which is Paul's home church, his sending church. And in the same manner, as we begin in the end of chapter 15... God used the contention between Paul and Barnabas to expand the ministry and create multiple ministry opportunities. And so I spent an entire message on those six verses. But I want us to just very briefly give thought as to how God did that or why the Lord did that. And I don't know the exact reason, I don't know exactly his purpose and his plan. But I thought about possibilities. And I thought about that maybe, maybe God knows more about our future than we do. Because God knows what's going to take place on down the road. He knows what's going to happen in chapter 16. And so maybe God knew that Silas and Timothy were better equipped to go through the trials and the things that they were going to face better than Barnabas and Mark. Maybe, maybe Morgan, maybe God closed the door because he knew what was coming down the road. And just said, You're not ready for that. I'm not ready for that right now. Perhaps God knew there were people in Cyprus who needed a calming personality like Barnabas more than they needed the fiery passion of Paul. Because it's obvious that God uses different personalities to draw different people. All of us can reach, you can reach certain people that I can never reach that won't listen to me. And I can reach certain people that you can't reach because I've got a background and some kind of connection that I can make with them. Maybe, Maybe the Lord knew that, you know what, we need to cover more ground. And so Barnabas can go to Cyprus and, and through his personality and ministry be a blessing to them. And, and, and we all know what happened where Paul is going. He was once stoned and left for dead and he was persecuted everywhere. Maybe he has a thicker skin and is more able to deal with that. Maybe that's why. Or, or maybe, maybe the two preachers were more like us than, than we give them credit for. And that is they simply allowed a moment of flesh to cause such a contention between them, they simply had to separate. I mean, when I read that, maybe, maybe they could have worked things out. Maybe they could have been reasonable with one another and sat down and have a conversation. Or maybe they're just so stubborn and bullheaded that they just couldn't work things out and they just had to go their separate ways. And so in a sense, God closed that door or they closed that door. I mean, if that's the case, their failure can encourage us in that God didn't put them on that proverbial shelf that we've all heard about. If I make this decision and it's a wrong decision, I'm afraid God's going to put me on the shelf and never use me again. I heard that preached a lot when I was little, and that just scared me to death. That every decision I made was either blessing or cursing, and there was nothing I could do about it. But maybe God doesn't put us on the shelf. Maybe there's times that He does. But maybe God can take that circumstance and use both of them greatly in different surroundings. There are times when we make poor decisions because we're led by our own spirit. And let me say this before I move forward. We must recognize that there are times where we make decisions that we can never climb back from. There are times God's grace is wonderful and God can forgive and God can help us go forward, but it may never be the same as it once was. So we have to recognize we can't just sin and say, well, God can forgive it and everything will be perfect. It may never be like it once was, but it doesn't mean that God's through with you. It doesn't mean that God can't use you, and it doesn't mean that your life can't still turn out beautifully. There are times where we make decisions because we're led by our selfish motives. We're driven by our own desires and preferences and opinions and dreams and all of those things are good if we surround them with, but not my will, but thine be done. Sometimes we can get caught up in what we want to see happen and rather than openly receive counsel, we refuse it and we don't ask for it, and we convince ourselves that it is the will of God. And I've sat down with many people throughout life, and I think, where did you ever think that was the will of God? This morning, I want us to grow spiritually by realizing whether we close doors as a result of poor judgment. Because sometimes, sometimes it's not God who closed them. Sometimes my decision closed them. Sometimes my sin closed them. It wasn't God's will for me to do that. But sometimes I put myself in a position where I closed the door. And there are times where God closes the door. And his reasons, we may never know this side of heaven, but we must recognize this. God is still sovereign, amen? And God desires to lead us to the place where, he can, where we can be most effective for eternity. And so, I want to encourage you this morning to look at every opportunity through an eternal lens. Because if we're following the Holy Spirit, then he is leading us to an et- opportunity for eternal impact. Why is God opening this door? What is his plan? What is his purpose? If I do this, is it going to how is it going to affect me spiritually? Is it going to get my family out of church? Is it going to get us away from God? I mean, when Lot saw Sodom and Gomorrah, he saw that it was very fruitful for his cattle, but it ruined his family. What is God leading to? What is what how is How is this going to affect my spiritual life? And how can God use it for me to affect others' spiritual life? Because if God is leading us, then that is ultimately the goal. In Paul's case, there was a season of ministry... With an influential individual in his life that had come to a close. Barnabas had meant the world to Paul. And Paul would not be who he was without Barnabas. But their, their, their season of ministry together, had the, the door had been closed. And in some ways things would look differently going forward. But in others they would remain the same. And as a result, new doors would open. And as we see in chapter 16, the Lord would continue to lead him. And one of them is an open door for new relationships. Because if you look in chapter 15 and verse 39, you see there that Barnabas took Mark. He wanted to take Mark, who had been with them before and had left them. And Paul didn't want anything to do with Mark. But Barnabas saw great value in Mark. And as I've mentioned before, this Mark is the same one who's going to write the gospel of Mark. So God's obviously not through with Mark. And so Barnabas is willing to give Mark a second chance. And so he pours into him and influences him. And so there is a new opportunity, a new door that is open for him. But in verse 40 of chapter 15, the Bible says that Paul chose Silas. And in, six, in chapter sixteen, he adds Timothy in verses one through three, and verse eleven he adds Luke, who is going to remain with the apostle until his last days. Second Timothy four eleven. And I want us to recognize this important fact. If you look in chapter fifteen and verse forty, Paul chose Silas and departed, being recommended by the brethren unto the grace of God. And in chapter 16, in verses 2 and 3, talking about Timothy, he was well reported of by the brethren that were at Lystra and Iconium. Him would Paul have to go forth with him. I want us to recognize the value of our testimony and our reputation. The church said, hey, we can get behind Paul and Silas. He will be a, they will be a blessing. We are sending them forth. We are recommending them. And when Paul was introduced to Timothy, the the church said, hey, he is a great young man. There's a lot of potential there. He has a good testimony. His mother and his grandmother taught him up in the scriptures. And yeah, his mother was a Jew and his dad was a Gentile. And in that sense, they they had a mixed home in their belief. But he is a great young man. God, God can really use him. So take him with you. David Ritchie, your testimony matters. Your testimony that you are developing right now is going to have a great impact on the rest of your life. Can can certain people recommend you to take on certain tasks? Yeah, he's going to be faithful. David Ritchie will show up when nobody else will show up. David Rache is going to get the job done. Every one of us develop a, 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 a testimony and a reputation, and people say you don't care about reputation. People can think what they want to think. Well, you better care about it a little bit. People eventually can think what they want to think. But you better care because you're representing Tide, you're representing Jesus Christ to a lost group of people that you go to school with. And so, your testimony better be pointing people to Jesus. And we, as parents, better be pointing our children to a relationship with Jesus. And not away from Him. Closed door opened up a new door of new relationships, new opportunities. I remember the first time, the first time I ever came to Somerville, the first marriage conference that we went to and just as visitors and we got to new got to know new people and new relationships were started the relationships that I hope continue the rest of our life right it's a great opportunity then you see here there's a new door for uh, there's an open door for new influences in verses four and five "'And as they went through the cities, they delivered them the decrees for to keep "'that were ordained to the apostles and elders which were at Jerusalem. "'And so were the churches established in the faith and increased in number daily. "'There was an opportunity to reach more people.'" Yeah, Paul and Barnabas, that door had closed. But Paul and Silas and Timothy go forward, and God continues to work, and God continues to move. And more people and more people get saved. And then you see in verses 6 through 13 that God opens the door for new opportunities. We'll look at these verses as we wrap up this morning. But sometimes change is not a bad thing. And it's important for us To be sure we're following the Holy Spirit's leading than it is for us to be going forward hoping God is still with us as we go. There's a time for us to be still in our spirit and wait on the Lord as we trust him. But we must also keep advancing, amen? Paul and Silas in verse 6, they go throughout Phrygia, they go throughout Galatia. In his mind, he's wanting to carry the gospel to Asia, and God says, nope. And then he's going a different direction, and God says, nope. And then he continues to go until God says, yes. He's waiting on the Lord, and he's keep going forward, because there's opportunities wherever you go. And you just keep going, and you keep going. But the whole time, you're listening, Ricky, you're listening. I'm going to go. I'm going to go in this direction until God says, yep, keep going, or God says no. So how do, you, how do you listen? How do you follow the Holy Spirit? Well, once you turn your Bible, I want you to turn a few places with me. I want you to go one book to your left, to John chapter 16. And maybe jot these things down. This is not an exhaustive list, but it's something that I want to give to help you. And you may jot them down. And apply them to your life. How do I recognize the Holy Spirit's leading? How do I know God's shutting the door? How do I know God's opening the new door? How do I know which direction to go? What decision to make? How do I know? Well, the first one is be familiar with the Word of God. Be familiar with the Word of God. John 16, verse 13. Speaking of the Holy Spirit, Jesus is telling the disciples, He says, When He, the Spirit of truth, is come, He will guide you into all truth, for He shall not speak of Himself, but whatsoever He shall hear, that shall He speak, and He will show you things to come. Jesus later says, Sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. The word of God will lead you into all truth. The Holy Spirit will lead you into all truth. He will not be contrary to it. So, Miss Billy, if we don't know what the Bible says, how do we know God is leading us there? So, Brant, if you're wanting a life where you're living in the perfect will of God, right? Then you better, by all means, get in the Word of God. So that you can know, is this door that I see opening contrary to the will of God, the Word of God? Because if it is, then God's not leading me there. And so there are so many. I'm speaking to a Sunday morning assembly. But I'm going to tell you something. Our churches are filled with people who don't have a clue what the Bible says. Because the only time you are ever in it is between 10.30 and 11.15. And by 3 you're looking at your clock to see how close I'm to done. Churches everywhere don't have a clue what the Bible says, but we're talking about God opening and closing doors in the will of God. What we do is we go forward hoping that maybe God is on the other side when we get there. So if I'm going to follow the Holy Spirit, And this is Paul's life. Paul says, I want to go to Asia because there is a need there for people to get saved. That's the will of God, isn't it not? Isn't that the word of God? Go you into all the world? So I'm going to go. And he goes. And God says, not right now. I need you to go over here. So maybe the timing's not right. Maybe I'm walking according to the word of God, but the timing isn't right. But I'm listening, I'm following, I'm, I'm being still in my spirit while I'm continuing to go forward. And I'm letting God lead me. Secondly, be continual in prayer. Go to Romans chapter 8. Go back to your right, John, Acts, Romans. Romans chapter 8. How to recognize the Holy Spirit's leading. Be familiar with the word of God. Be continually in prayer. In Romans 8, Paul writes here, has a lot to say about the Holy Spirit in this chapter. But I want us to see verse 26. He says, Likewise the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit, capital S, the Holy Spirit itself, maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. My prayer life puts me in a place where I'm seeking. I don't, I don't even know, Miss Rebecca, I don't know what to pray for. I don't, I don't even know what the answer, I don't know what, how to pray, but I know this God knows. And so I'm praying, I'm saying, Lord, would you please lead me and direct me here? You know, and the Holy Spirit is interceding for me because He knows what I need to do and where I need to be and where I need to go. And He can direct, and so I'm, I'm putting myself. And so, yeah, that begins, that begins with a time, Carson, where I should be on my knees or, or I'm riding a car and I should be praying, God, help me with all of this stuff. But let's apply it deeper, Michael. There are times in my daily life where I'm not getting on my knees and I may not, you may not see my lips move. But Miss Aubrey, I'm saying, Lord, help me with this right here. What decision do I need to make? I'm sitting with someone and, and they're pouring their heart out to me about a particular burden and I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm saying, God, what do I need to tell them? How do I need to respond to them? I need your wisdom in Father, I'm going I'm to walk through this door and I'm, I'm, I'm going to see where it'll lead. But if this isn't where I need to be, please, please, don't let me do it. I am always conscious and I'm looking for God to lead. So pray constantly. God, help me with this. Thirdly, go to... Uh, You're in Romans, go to Romans chapter 12. Commit yourself to obeying through the inward man, not just outwardly what you already know to be the will of God. In other words, we we become, especially the more that we, uh, I don't know if it's the right term, but the more we've been churched, Thomas. We had this conversation recently the more we've been churched, we know how to act and we know how to do the program. And outwardly, we give this appearance that everything is just perfect and inwardly we're falling apart. And so it is important for me to commit myself in the in obeying in the inner man, when nobody else is around and nobody is looking, I am concerned about obeying the Lord. We'll look at what Paul says in Romans twelve one and 2. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of god that daily i'm presenting myself god it's not about me i'm giving everything to you and in my inward man i will i don't want to be conformed outwardly to this world or i don't want to be conformed inwardly to this world i want the renewing of my mind to be transformed in a way that brings you glory and that i can live in your perfect will and then galatians chapter 5 Go to your right, Romans, 1 and 2 Corinthians, Galatians chapter 5. So be familiar with the word of God. Continue in prayer. Commit yourself to obeying in the inner man what you already know to be the will of God. Don't make light of sin in Galatians chapter 5. Because your thoughts are who you are. He says in verse 16. He says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. If you make light of sin... And you come to church and you just do your little thing and you just do your thing every day. And you kids, you've heard it, you've heard it, you've heard it. And yet you make light of it. It is contrary to how God is directing your life. So choose to walk in the Spirit. And then lastly, we go back to Acts 16 yield yield as he leads God says in verse 6 they were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia you can make a note right there to Acts 19 verse 10 because a couple of years later they're in Ephesus and they spend two years in Ephesus and the Bible says in Acts 19 verse 10 that all of Asia heard the gospel all of Asia so it was God's will for them to reach Asia, just not at this particular time. And then in verse 7, they were come to and to say to, to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit suffered them not. The Lord said, no, no, this isn't where I want you to be right now. It's a good thing that you want to do that, but not right now. And they passing by Mysia, they came down to Troas. And I'll just tell you where Troas is. You're, if, you're looking, if you're looking east, I'm looking east. If you're looking east, you have, you have Asia back this way. You have Bithynia and Mycia, that's to the north. You have to the, you have to the uh, south, you have, you have the Mediterranean Sea. And Paul and them, they're looking west. And there's the Aegean Sea. And up here is the Black Sea. And they come down to Troas and they get to the Aegean Sea and they know that there's more land on the other side. What we know today is Greece. The gospel had never been carried there before. And while he's at that port town of Troas, God gives him a vision in verse 9 to go over and help the people of Macedonia. And after they had seen the vision and they believed that that the Lord had called them to preach the gospel there. Therefore, loosing from Troas, we came with a straight course to Tham- Samothraki and next day to Neapolis and from thence to Philippi, which is the chief city of the part of Macedonia and a colony. And we're there in that city by certain days. And verse 13, the Lord even led him to the riverside where a prayer meeting was gathered together. And as we read on tonight, you'll see this, that there is a, there is a lady there by the name of Lydia, thought she knew God but needed to be saved how did Lydia get saved because Paul and Silas listened to the Holy Spirit leading their life sometimes sometimes we close doors sometimes we allow different things in our life and we close them we made a mistake and We can't change that. And so now we look for, well, what's God have for me next? And I'm thankful for this. God's got something for you next. And if we get our life back right and we submit ourselves to the Lord and we're saying, God, not my will. I I walked in my will and I messed things up. I want to go forward in your will. Lord, what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to be? How can my life bring you glory? How can my life point people to Jesus Christ? That's the desire of my heart. God will open a door. And God help us to slow down sometimes. To get in his word. To pray. To allow our inward man to be affected. And not be pretending on the outside. Help us to not make light of sin and think I can just do what I want to and God's still going to bless. And help us to yield that we know when he says go and when he says hold off. Now if you don't know Jesus Christ your Savior you don't have the Holy Spirit in you. The Holy Spirit indwells every person that knows Jesus as their Savior. The Spirit of God lives within inside of every believer, but it doesn't make them spiritual. Because some refuse to yield to Him. If we're going to walk forward with the Lord, we have to, number one, know Jesus Christ as our Savior. And we have to yield our life to Him. Let's bow our heads